Chapter Nine of the Crock of Gold by James Stevens. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Book One: The Coming of Pan. Chapter Nine. Pursuant to his arrangement with Mihal McMurku, the philosopher sent the children in search of Pan he gave them the fullest instructions on how they should address the sylvan deity and then having received the admonishments of the thin woman of inishmagroth the children departed in the early morning when they reached the clearing in the pine wood through which the sun was blazing they sat down for a little while to rest in the heat birds were continually darting down this leafy shaft and diving away into the dark wood these birds always had something in their beaks one would have a worm or a snail or a grasshopper or a little piece of wool torn off a sheep or a scrap of cloth or a piece of hay and when they had put these things in a certain place they flew up the sunshaft again and looked for something else to bring home on seeing the children each of the birds waggled his wings and made a particular sound they said caw and chip and twit and tut and what and pit and one whom the youngsters liked very much always said tit, 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 tit. the children were fond of him because he was so all of a sudden they never knew where he was going to fly next and they did not believe he knew himself he would fly backwards and forwards and up and down and sidewards and backways all so to speak in one breath he did this because he was curious to see what was happening everywhere and as something is always happening everywhere he was never able to fly in a straight line for more than a little distance he was a cowardly bird too and continually fancied that some person was going to throw a stone at him from behind a bush or a wall or a tree and these imaginary dangers tended to make his journeyings still more wayward and erratic he never flew where he wanted to go himself but only where god directed him and so he did not fare at all badly the children knew each of the birds by their sounds and always said these words to them when they came near for a little time they had difficulty in saying the right word to the right bird and sometimes said chip when the salutation should have been tut the birds always resented this and would scold them angrily but after a little practice they never made any mistakes at all there was one bird a big black fellow who loved to be talked to he used to sit on the ground beside the children and say caw as long as they would repeat it after him he often wasted the whole morning in talk but none of the other birds remained for more than a few minutes at a time they were always busy in the morning but in the evening they had more leisure and would stay and chat as long as the children wanted them the awkward thing was that in the evening all the birds wanted to talk at the same moment so that the youngsters never knew which of them to answer seamus begg got out of that difficulty for a while by learning to whistle their notes but even so they spoke with such rapidity that he could not by any means keep pace with them bridget could only whistle one note it was a little flat <whistles> sound which the birds all laughed at and after a few trials she refused to whistle any more while they were sitting two rabbits came to play about in the brush they ran round and round in a circle and all their movements were very quick and twisty 
sometimes they jumped over each other six or seven times in succession and every now and then they sat upright on their hind legs and washed their faces with their paws at other times they picked up a blade of grass which they ate with great deliberation pretending all the time that it was a complicated banquet of cabbage leaves and lettuce while the children were playing with the rabbits an ancient stalwart he-goat came prancing through the bracken he was an old acquaintance of theirs and he enjoyed lying beside them to have his forehead scratched with a piece of sharp stick his forehead was hard as rock and the hair grew there as sparse as grass does on a wall or rather the way moss grows on a wall it was a mat instead of a crop his horns were long and very sharp and brilliantly polished on this day the he-goat had two chains around his neck one was made of buttercups and the other was made of daisies and the children wondered to each other who could have woven these so carefully they asked the he-goat this question but he only looked at them and did not say a word the children liked examining this goat's eyes they were very big and of the queerest light gray color they had a strange steadfast look and had also at times a look of queer deep intelligence and at other times they had a fatherly and benevolent expression and at other times again especially when he looked sideways they had a mischievous light and airy daring mocking inviting and terrifying look but he always looked brave and unconcerned when the he-goat's forehead had been scratched as much as he desired he arose from between the children and went pacing away lightly through the wood the children ran after him and each caught hold of one of his horns and he ambled and reared between them while they danced along on his either side singing snatches of bird songs and scraps of old tunes which the thin woman of vanish mcgrath had learned among the people of the she in a little time they came to gortnacloca but here the he-goat did not stop they went past the big tree of the leprechauns through a broken part of the hedge and into another rough field the sun was shining gloriously there was scarcely a wind at all to stir the harsh grasses far and near was silence and warmth an immense cheerful peace across the sky a few light clouds sailed gently on a blue so vast that the eye failed before that horizon a few bees sounded their deep chant and now and again a wasp rasped hastily on his journey then these there was no sound of any kind so peaceful innocent and safe did everything appear that it might have been the childhood of the world as it was of the morning the children still clinging to the friendly goat came near the edge of the field where here sloped more steeply to the mountain top great boulders slightly covered with lichen and moss were strewn about and around them the bracken and gorse were growing and in every crevice of these rocks there were plants whose little tight-fisted roots gripped a desperate adventurous habitation in a soil scarcely more than half an inch deep at some time these rocks had been smitten so fiercely that the solid granite surfaces had shattered into fragments at one place a sheer wall of stone ragged and battered looked harshly out from the thin vegetation through this rocky wall the he-goat danced at one place there was a hole in the wall covered by a thick brush the goat pushed his way behind this growth and disappeared then the children curious to see where he had gone pushed through also 
behind the bush they found a high narrow opening and when they had rubbed their legs which smarted from the stings of nettles thistles and gorse prickles they went into the hole which they thought was a place the goat had for sleeping in on cold wet nights after a few paces they found the passage was quite comfortably big and then they saw a light and in another moment they were blinking at the god pan and kathleen namurku kathleen knew them at once and came forward with welcome oh seamus beg she cried reproachfully how dirty you have let your feet get why don't you walk in the grassy places and you bridget have a right to be ashamed of yourself to have your hands the way they are come over here at once every child knows that every grown female person in the world has authority to wash children and to give them food that is what grown people are made for consequently seamus and bridget begg submitted to the scouring for which kathleen made instant preparation when they were cleaned she pointed to a couple of flat stones against the wall of the cave and bade them sit down and be good and this the children did fixing their eyes on pan with the cheerful gravity and curiosity which good-natured youngsters always give to a stranger pan who had been lying on a couch of dried grass sat up and bent an equally cheerful regard on the children shepherd girl said he who are those children they are the children of the philosophers of coila doraca the grey woman of dungarton and the thin woman of inishmagrah are their mothers and they are decent poor children god bless them what have they come here for you will have to ask themselves that pan looked at them smilingly what have you come here for little children said he the children questioned one another with their eyes to see which of them would reply and then seamus beg answered my father sent me to see you sir and to say that you were not doing a good thing in keeping kathleen namurku away from her own place bridget begg turned to kathleen your father came to see our father and he said that he didn't know what had become of you at all and that maybe you were lying flat in a ditch with the black crows picking at your flesh and what said pan did your father say to that he told us to come and ask her to go home do you love your father little child said pan bridget begg thought for a moment i don't know sir she replied he doesn't mind us at all broke in seamus begg and so we don't know whether we love him or not i like kathleen said bridget and i like you so do i said seamus i like you also little children said pan come over here and sit beside me and we will talk so the two children went over to pan and sat down one on each side of him and he put his arms about them daughter of muraku said he is there no food in the house for guests there is a cake of bread a little goat's milk and some cheese she replied and she set about getting these things i never ate cheese said seamus is it good surely it is replied pan the cheese that is made from goat's milk is rather strong and it is good to be eaten by people who live in the open air but not by those who live in houses for such people do not have any appetite they are poor creatures whom i do not like i like eating said seamus so do i said pan all good people like eating 
every person who is hungry is a good person and every person who is not hungry is a bad person it is better to be hungry than rich kathleen having supplied the children with food seated herself in front of them i don't think that is right said she i have always been hungry and it was never good if you had always been full you would like it even less he replied because when you are hungry you are alive and when you are not hungry you are only half alive one has to be poor to be hungry replied kathleen my father is poor and gets no good of it but to work from morning to night and never to stop doing that it is bad for a wise person to be poor said pan and it is bad for a fool to be rich a rich fool will think of nothing else at first but to find a dark house wherein to hide away and there he will satisfy his hunger and he will continue to do that until his hunger is dead and he is no better than dead but a wise person who is rich will carefully preserve his appetite all people who have been rich for a long time or who are rich from birth live a great deal outside of their houses and so they are always hungry and healthy poor people have no time to be wise said kathleen they have time to be hungry said pan i ask no more of them my father is very wise said seamus Begg. how do you know that little boy said pan because he is always talking replied seamus do you always listen my dear no sir said seamus i go to sleep when he talks that is very clever of you said pan i go to sleep too said bridget it is clever of you also my darling do you go to sleep when your mother talks oh no she answered if we went to sleep then our mother would pinch us and say that we were a bad breed i think your mother is wise said pan what do you like best in the world seamus bay the boy thought for a moment and replied i don't know sir pan also thought for a little time i don't know what i like best either said he what do you like best in the world shepherd girl caitlin's eyes were fixed on his i don't know yet she answered slowly may the gods keep you safe from that knowledge said pan gravely why would you say that she replied one must find out all things and when we find out a thing we know if it is good or bad that is the beginning of knowledge said pan but it is not the beginning of wisdom what is the beginning of wisdom it is carelessness replied pan and what is the end of wisdom said she i do not know he answered after a little pause is it greater carelessness she inquired i do not know i do not know said he sharply i am tired of talking and so saying he turned his face away from them and lay down on the couch caitlin in great concern hurried the children to the door of the cave and kissed them good-bye pan is sick said the boy gravely i hope he will be well soon again the girl murmured yes yes said caitlin and she ran back quickly to her lord End of chapter nine